the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Then you shall say to them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. But when you've handed them off to another authority whose entire structure is dedicated to undoing the Christian worldview, there's there's no question we're in danger of raising up a generation that doesn't know the Lord because the children are in school 30 hours a week Then there's extracurriculars, and then you're at work, or I'm at work, and the training up a child is really being done by someone else. I can see the promised land, though there's pain within the plan. There is victory in the end, your love is my battle cry, the answer for all my life. Dragon will fall, the mountains will move Every chain of the past you've broken into All the fear of the lies, we're singing the truth That nothing is impossible with you Hello and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. The COVID-19 pandemic has had a dramatic effect on many aspects of our lives, but one in particular is how our children are now being educated remotely through various online classroom settings. However, One interesting side effect of this is how parents are now more keenly aware of exactly what our children are being taught. While on this edition of Grace to Live, Pastor Keith takes on the controversial topic of whether or not it may be time to consider leaving the public school system. As we hear a conversation from Keith's Out of My Mind podcast series entitled Indoctrination or Education. Now from Podcast 005, here's Pastor Keith and his guest, Mark Stickler. Consider these news stories. Parents in Tennessee are up in arms because their children are being taught to memorize, to write, and recite the Islamic conversion creed in middle school. And then there's a news report from NPR station KCRW in Los Angeles about how sex education curriculum in California school districts has gone from explanations about birth control and human physiology to detailed descriptions of homosexual and some heterosexual sex acts. In Seattle, Washington, a bill is passed by the state Senate mandating universal sex education in public schools as early as kindergarten. In New Jersey, a new music curriculum has been released for for college educators to introduce critical race theory to sixth graders. Parents in Santa Barbara sue the school system because the curriculum is teaching that, that racism can only be perpetrated by white people and that, that white people, males and Christian people, 
target people of color, females, and all other religions. And so that begs the question, education or indoctrination in the public schools? Okay, Mark, one question, indoctrination or education? Well, I mean, from those headlines, uh, it definitely sounds like the the line is being crossed from education into indoctrination, and they're trying to drive a certain agenda in the public school system today. All right, Mark. So, so you're a parent. You've got a first grader. What do you see? Yeah, I you know I can say, and I think this is probably true for for a large amount of the public schools, but uh, so far. What we see from from my daughter's teachers, at least, is is there isn't this emphasis placed on this agenda, this indoctrination. However, it is something that uh, for my wife and I, we are very tuned into, um, and it's almost nice having my daughter on distance learning right now because we see everything that she's being taught um, from her teacher, as opposed to you know just what we would normally get if she was in the public school system with a back to school night and then open house, and that's pretty much the only window into what's going on. So for now, um, we we enjoy the public school system. I think I think it's a great uh, opportunity for us to reach out and and be a light there. But uh, but it is something that's definitely. Um, weighs on our hearts every year as we consider this next new teacher. What is this next new teacher going to bring in? Because uh, because there is definitely the the districts and those things. I think don't um, they're not going to stand up or stand against the teacher trying to indoctrinate my child in this these things. And and that's just something that I I as a parent can't cede that authority to the school to go and indoctrinate my children in that way. Um, yes, I want to teach them that I'm the moral authority, but at the same time, you know, you send them to public school, you're sending them for six, eight hours uh, to go be there. Well, that's right. And, and here's the thing. A lot of this is rolling out in 2021, but a lot of it's already rolled out. A lot of it's in place. I've talked to a number of teachers who are glad to be retiring because they don't want to teach this. And it's really, it's really only a matter of time. It's not a question of if this type of indoctrination is going to come to your home and come to your student, or when they get back in class, come to the school. It's there. It's already in place for the most part. It is in staged or phases, uh, and it may not be on the front end in first grade, but they will get it. And when you think of some of this starting as early as kindergarten in the next few years, it's alarming. And so I guess, let me put it to you this way. Should a Christian parent send their students to any public school in California or anywhere else these days, given the state of affairs and where things are headed. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that is definitely the question. I think it's the question that uh, my wife and I ask each other quite often, even, even now with, with as much as we, we do enjoy my daughter's public school. There is that question that says, you know, is, is this what's best for our kids um, and, and is it going to continue to be? Um, and so, you know, my first answer, and I think, uh, as my daughter was going into kindergarten, my wife and I, uh, looked at it and we said, you know, this is just a great opportunity. This is a mission field. You know, we're going to send, we'll send Adeline to school there and she'll be able to talk with these kids and then we'll develop relationships with these other parents and it'll just be this, this awesome mission field. Um, but I think that, uh, that there is, this this fear, right? I'm sending my daughter, who I would say at this point in her life in first grade is not a Christian yet. Um, she understands some of the things that the Bible says. She um, says that she loves Jesus and all of those things, and, and I think she's growing. 
um, in that, but, um, but, you know, she's also still very influenceable by her teacher. Um, and so we have to be careful with, uh, with what she's being, what we're allowing her to be influenced. So, you know, we, we asked the question, you know, do we take her out of public school? Do we homeschool her? Do, you know, we have two other kids that we're going to have to have this conversation with. Um, and, you know, right now, uh, I don't know if we're necessarily cut out to be homeschooling parents per se. Um, but also like, you know, I look at the private schools and I say, well, I can't afford that either. And so, um, so it is, it, it is a really challenging question. And I think it's, it's one that begs to be answered, but you know, do we homeschool? Do we public school? Do we private school? Who knows? Well, yeah. Let me just pick up on the missionary idea because I used to believe that, that you could send your kid to public schools to be a missionary. But as you look at the way things have developed and you look at the way our culture has developed, particularly with peer pressure, whether it's on social media or in the classroom or, or just what, I think it's a well-intended idea. And I'm going to push back a little bit. and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think it's naive. If you think that an eight-year-old is going to be able to withstand uh, the uh, pressure that a teacher who's bent on indoctrinating them, a teacher who is speaking with some authority because you've told your children or Christians tell their children to respect adults, to respect authority, somebody in charge of the classroom who is going to present this kind of uh, indoctrination in in an appealing way, I, I don't think that a child can bear up under it. Even a young student, you know, the seventh grade, there's all that peer pressure, there's the awkwardness, there's the desire to fit in. In high school, even in the university, uh, it's these people are winsome, they are good communicators, and they are, they are invested with authority over the classroom. And I think the idea that a young student is going to be able to be a missionary to these people isn't workable. I think that I think that maybe one in a thousand or one in a hundred could, but most of the time, particularly when some of these young people, as you pointed out, aren't yet Christians, it's really hard for them to articulate the Christian faith in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, even ninth, tenth grade sometimes. You know, God's Word tells us that it's the parents' primary responsibility to teach the children. And you mentioned not everybody's cut out to be a homeschooler. I used to have a saying, I still have the saying, Every parent is a homeschooler, not just because of COVID-19 and you're finding your children in the home and you're participating in ways that you could not before in their education, but because it's the parent's responsibility to ask the child what they're learning. When they're young, when they're small, I think they more readily are are forthcoming with what they're hearing in school and what they're seeing in school. But as they get older, again, in those awkward ages where there's the peer pressure and you don't want to look strange to other people, it's harder to do. But God's Word tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And, you know, there's that great Shema in Deuteronomy 6 that says, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These words I command you shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, and when your sons or daughters ask you in the time to come, what are the meaning of these testimonies and statutes and rules of the Lord, the Lord our God has commanded us, Then you shall say to them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out with a mighty hand. But when you've handed them off to another authority whose unions, 
whose curriculum, whose entire structure is dedicated to undoing the Christian worldview. There's, there's no question about this. There's no mistake about this. This is a problem that parents are sort of now just waking up to sort of a little bit too late. And we're in danger of raising up a generation that doesn't know the Lord because our schedules are so busy, because the children are in school 30 hours a week, then there's extracurriculars, and then you're at work, or I'm at work, or some other parent is at work. I mean, my children are grown now. And the training up a child is really being done by someone else. Yeah, I mean, uh, you are... 100% correct. You know, like our, our the question in in the the question that we have to ask ourselves is, you know, who is really training up my child? Am am I subcontracting that to the school um to do the education which now they're taking to that next level as we, as we talked about right indoctrination or um do I keep that with me? And that's it, it's the question that my wife and I ask and um and often are trying to figure out the answer too and I think uh as the world continues to change, I think that question is going to get harder and harder to justify um, kind of in that public school realm of things. Um, you know, I, I think of it, too, just as from a parent perspective, especially in the area that we live in, the Bay Area, um, all the parents are so busy. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff going on. Uh, you know, most parent households have to work two jobs. Um, I'm fortunate enough that my wife does not have to do that, but uh, but there's... To, to survive here. There's a lot of parents that have to work two jobs. And so what do they do with their kid? And, and it becomes this, this idea of subcontracting out all of the roles that the parents have to do. And so it's subcontracting out the education to the public school system, subcontract out the Christian education or the Christian growing up to the church, to the, to the youth pastor, right? That's, I mean, you know, I can tell you how many times it, it seems like parents are like, okay, well, here's my kid for two hours do something with them, make them Christian. And it's like, well, do you understand what I'm up against? I'm up against the however many hours they're spending in school, talking with their friends, getting indoctrinated there. As a, as a youth pastor, That's I'm standing up to their teachers and all of those things, and you're giving me two hours a week. Like, really, I think that it ultimately has to start at the home. Yeah, no, I agree. And when you do the math between school, between uh extracurriculums, between them hanging with their friends, between dinner, between sleep, you know, between studying, if they study, a parent might have about an hour and a half a day. And then, like you said, we get them for a few hours a week. And this is why I'm kind of leaning heavily towards what I would call Skegsit. You've heard of Brexit, right? You know, Britain leaving the European Union. And I think there's a time to abandon the public school system. And let me just say this, because I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. My mother was a school teacher. Uh, and, when, and when the children came, she stopped teaching school. And then she'd started later on when we grew up, you know, we were in high school and stuff like that. But she taught in a private school then. And I have the utmost respect for school teachers. They're, it's a ministry for so many people. I have met many Christian school teachers. I have a a young lady, she's, she was in my youth group 20 years ago, and she's the principal of a public school. And she is a believer, and this is a ministry. But the reality is, for even those teachers, if they resist, they'll be put on administrative leave and fired. And the ability to be passive about the curriculum 
is gone. And so this now becomes about indoctrination and parenting both. And I, I, I want to confine our conversation today to the schools, not necessarily parenting, but the two are connected because do you want your kids learning Islamic prayers? Do you want a five-year-old or a 10-year-old learning details about heterosexual or homosexual sex acts or indoctrinated in critical theory? Are these the things that you want? Yeah, I think the the obvious answer is, is no. Um, that's definitely not what I want um, for my kids, for sure. And uh, and I do appreciate you know the teachers that uh, my daughter has had um, up to this point not bringing those things into the classroom and, and, and actively avoiding them. But yeah, it's there is that part of me that it seems to kind of struggle with the well. What do I do? I don't want them to be necessarily learning all of these things and um, being exposed to all of these things. I think uh, I actually think my daughter's kindergarten teacher said it best um, when we asked the question about you know like, are you going to talk about um, homosexual relationships? Um, are you going to kind of go down any of this this route? She said, "What point is there in in exposing a five year old to that?" Now. I, you you said you know these teachers eventually will not be able to passively not do these things. It's mm-hmm. going to continue to be pushed in and required to them, and so then it leaves me in that spot and say like you know, okay, I can't afford public school or I can't afford private school. Um, you know, homeschooling is is an option, um, but what do we do? Like, what do what do what are we as parents uh, um, kind of left with as those options? Well, that's a good question. And I do want to say, now, we homeschooled one of my daughters all the way off to college. She did well in the, on the that sort of thing, did well in secular uh, institutions. Uh, and my other daughter, we put in public school when she was in the 10th grade because we wanted a Cal grant. We had relocated back to California. And she did fine. She took AP courses. She did really well. Both of my girls got scholarships and things like that. And the homeschooling thing isn't for everybody. You know, a lot of people talk about, well, they're in the homeschool bubble and they've not been socialized. Well, I don't buy that because that's what community theater is. That's what extracurriculars are for. And they have youth group and they have this. I don't want my kids uh, socialized by teachers teaching critical theory or or teaching 29 genders. I don't, or being socialized by unbelieving kids who are going to tilt them away. So the socialization thing, I, I always just take that off the table. That's sort of a red herring, I think, uncritically accepted by too many parents, and it's you know propagated by the educational establishment. That said, homeschooling isn't for everybody. There are people who are very sloppy with it, and those are the uh, poster children for everything that goes wrong with the homeschoolers. Their kids are months behind because they don't adequately supervise their progress. And it takes a lot of discipline, but I do think there are hybrids, for instance, charter schools, depending on whether your child is a musician or mathematically oriented or whatever it is. There are charter schools out there that are not under the tight control of the uh, of the unions and of the, some of the school boards, and they provide a sort of a mitigating influence for some. I think Christian schools... Uh, are another real option. You know, we are blessed here in the Bay Area. We have tons of excellent, wonderful Christian schools. And yes, uh, some of them are expensive. Some of them are very expensive. But almost all of them, from what I can tell, and I've interacted with a number of them, provide financial aid. And even in this area, last year, KFAX 1100, the station that broadcast our radio show, uh, 
provided 50% scholarships to a number of Christian schools in the area, they would pay, or they had people who would pay 50% of the tuition, so the parent only had to pay 50% of the tuition. You still had to pay for your books and if there were uniforms involved or supplies, things like that. I think what happens is parents sort of fail to do the homework. They fail to use their favorite search engine to look for resources because there are a lot of avenues available that weren't available five or ten years ago. But I know this, you can't afford to punt on this. You can't afford to turn your children over to a secular, anti-Christian, in particular anti-Christian, school system that is going to do everything it can, that is purpose-built these days, that's been hijacked to turn your children away from Christ, to turn your children away from a Christian morality or ethic. And you see the results now because this is sort of snuck up on many parents unnoticed. You see 75% of students leave church when they graduate high school and go off to school and they don't return. Part of that, and we'll talk about, we're going to talk about parenting next week, but part of that is a failure to disciple your children, a failure to preach the gospel, a failure to teach them, as it talks about in Deuteronomy 6. But part of that is the indoctrination that goes on. And it's bad enough in the school system, but it's augmented by social media and media in general. And so the question I have to ask a parent is, are you willing you look at those odds, 75% of the children, of the young adults, leave church and don't come back, and I believe largely because of the educational establishment and largely because of the apathy of parents. Do you want those kind of odds when eternities are at stake? Can you afford that kind of risk? Because this life is short and eternity is long. Yeah, um, all of those... uh all of those options, all of the things uh, run through through the heads of parents, I think, or I know nowadays. And so I guess ultimately what the question is, what's, what do you think is the best solution for parents? It's all of the above. Yes, private schools are expensive. Homeschooling isn't for everyone. Charter schools have limited capacity. Right now, because of COVID-19, we are in a uh, kind of a hybrid situation where every parent is a homeschooler. But what I think you really have to do is really, particularly now, COVID-19 gives us some breathing space, but really begin to do your homework. Because again, you don't want your children indoctrinated against eternity, Christ, and you. You don't want your children reciting Islamic prayers. You don't, And I don't think is, Islamic people would want their students uh, reciting Christian prayers. Uh, you don't want your children learning that there are 29 genders, and you don't want your children being taught that Christianity is an oppressive religion, or if you're an African American, that it's a white man's religion. And so it comes down to what next, what now. And what I'd like to do here as we sort of begin to wrap up, I feel like I'm preaching, and we're coming to application here. But here are some suggestions. You know, number one, engage and challenge the system. Come up, come hard. I mean, bring the battle to them. Talk to teachers. Talk to principals. Organize. Confront school boards like they did in Santa Barbara. If you need to, sue. And this may require some work on your part, but that's part of being a parent. And it will sound odd, but I said it earlier, every parent has to be a homeschooler. And what I mean by that is, Ask your child what he or she is learning. Engage in and challenge their thinking. Disciple them. Let them ask you the difficult questions. Don't, don't let your eyes bulge. 
Listen to what they say, no matter how startling it might be. And if you can't answer it, find the answer. Talk to your pastor. Do the research. But get in the game and disciple those children. Mentor them. Be systematic. Be consistent. And by all means, I would say research alternatives, whether it's a charter school, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's Christian schools, and recognize that this will involve, this will involve sacrifice. You may have to adjust your lifestyle. You need to invest your time and treasure in things that are eternal, laying up treasure in heaven in your children. You may have to give up one of your vacations, a car. You may have to live beneath your means to afford to educate them safely. And the other thing that is often overlooked is get your children into church. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you, and thanks for listening. Amen.